Well, welcome to this episode of Turf TV. Uh, Martin and myself are here pitch side with a very special guest. We're here with Tony Stones, head groundsman at Wembley Stadium. Tony, tell us a little bit about your journey so far in your career and how you've ended up being uh, the head groundsman here at one of these uh, most prestigious sports stadiums in the world. I, uh, I started out in golf, as a lot of people do. I did a YTS scheme back in the day. Uh, I worked at local authority and I was lucky enough to get the head groundsman's job at Barnsley Football Club in 2000. Uh, I was there for eight years and our current contractor then was Carl Pass. He, uh, he got the job laying the new turf at, at Wembley in 2009 and said, do I fancy coming down for a few weeks to help him out? And I've been here six years later, I'm still here. Okay. You've obviously worked with a few people down the years. Would you claim that anybody in particular has had the biggest influence on, on your career to date? Uh, Probably with my dad. He uh, gave me good worth ethic. He were a, he were a collier of my dad, so right, okay. obviously an hard-working chap. So that's where, I, that's where I get my hard work from. So what attracted you to groundskeeping? I don't know, it's something I did at school. I, uh, I used to look after at school gardens. I always say you're born a groundsman, you're not, you're not made one. Okay. So it's like a farmer, you're born into farming and, and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I did school gardens and I've always been interested in, in, growing, in growing grass. I didn't, I, I didn't want to go down the plant route. I wanted to be involved with machinery, so, okay. so I, went, I went grass side. And you end up at Wembley? Yeah, yeah. Not it's, a bad job. It's not a bad job to have. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. So looking back at when you joined, I think yep. that, was, that was 2009, Prior to that, the pitch had had you know, some bad press and bad publicity. Uh, I think not long after you joined, I think that went away. Yeah, yeah. How, did, how did you overcome that? What was, uh, the, what in, was 20, the in, in 2010, we, uh, the, the governor, the board, uh, took, the, took the line of looking at Deso. So we installed Deso Grassmaster in 2010. Uh, and since that day, we've never looked back. So going on behind us at the moment, we've uh, obviously got, I think you, you mentioned those, the concert season's just come to an end. Yep. Uh, the Women's FA Cup final's happening here in just a short time, is that right? Yeah, yeah. How does that impact, you know, the, the different types of events that happen here? How does that impact the turf care and, and, you know, what's required for each surface? Well, that's where Deso comes into its own because you, the grass is there for aesthetics. You, you get all your strengths on the Deso fibres. So it, aesthetically... The, the grass is under the sheet at the minute. You can see the white grow sheet on it at the minute. We, we're playing 21 days. So without the grass master, it'd be difficult to do that on, from seed because we're growing from seed, not turf anymore. Had we put turf in, then you could be playing four days later. But with, with the seed, we're 20 days, we're pretty confident that we'll, we'll get there. And uh, just, just keep managing. You can see there's a machine on blowing air into it, G2Air machine. So we, we're, we're up to date with as most technologies as we can just to try and buy us time. And you've got a back-to-back -back scenario for this one because you've got the, the charity shield, so yep. community shield it is now, isn't it? Straight after, the day after the, the Women's FA Cup final. That pros any particular extra problems? Not really, because if, if you look back at his calendar in May, uh, every Saturday, Sunday in May, we, we host events, and then the bank holiday weekend, we actually do Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yeah. uh, all, all off on one. Uh, I can give you a statistic on cup final morning just gone. We cut the pitch four times prior to the game. And each each member of the grounds team on a mower walked ten miles before the game. Great. So it's uh, you've got to be fit to do this job. Okay. Okay. And obviously, in, in recent years, you've also had the NFL arrive, and you guys have had uh, a number of NFL teams playing here. Yep. Has that had any particular impact on the grass at all, or, or what you've needed to do to the turf? Not really. You just you just change you just change uh, parameters on the clegging. So for football, we're typically clegging from 68 to 75. For an NFL game, we're up at 100, and with the Deso, it, again, it just helps bind it all together because 
they use Bermuda grass, so this decals are Bermuda grass to get right. to get the strength. So that's that's what terminology is from the NFL guys. They're saying we we, we use Bermuda, you guys use deso. So it's uh, it's more manipulative to to harden the surface up or soften it up, so you can so you can cause all the the events. A long period, well, five weeks as we've established. I think yeah, a little period. <laughs> some may say holiday, um, and then it's all action stations to get this ready for you know, a couple of high-profile games. Yep. Is there anything you can do in that five weeks, or is it just you have to sit back and, and well, wait what for we did, to happen? Well, what we did. Uh, 31st of May this year, we, we sprayed the pitch off straight after straight after cup final. We actually sprayed the pitch off, so it was dying for the first week before the first concert. Post the first concert, we took the covers off. We had the pitch back for four days, so we totally removed all the uh, herbage. So we exposed all the deso to buy us time for now. So we weren't losing that four days at, at this time of year. So we'd be down to 16 days. So we did that prior, knowing that when we come back, as soon as we take that cover off, it's a clean surface. We just tilt it up and reseed. So we're just speeding the process up all the time. Okay. Okay. And in terms of the equipment that you guys use here, uh, is it all sort of from one manufacturer? What do you? What's, no, we what's have. The kit we have, we, uh, we use John Deere tractors, uh, sprayer, and buggies. We've got a. We have a Toro Pro Core. We've got a G2A machine, which is relatively new to the to the market. Uh, we use Dennis mowers. What whatever's best out there in the industry, that's that's what we hope try and get. Do you have a favourite piece? Not really, no. It's just, just whatever does the job. That's, that's that's the best thing for us. Okay. And in terms of uh, the sort of purchasing decision, does the buck stop with you in terms of what's selected, or is it sort of more of a group decision? Or uh, what, what we usually do is we'll have some stuff on demo, get lads' opinions, see what they think, do they like the machine or not? Because at the end of the day, it's not only me using the piece of kit. If I like it and the boys don't, then then there's no point in doing that. So we'll have a machine in, we'll all get round, see what we think, and if if it's a goer, then then I'll go ahead and try and get purchase. And we, we spent some time with Alan Ferguson, your colleague up at St George's Park a few weeks back, and um, he was telling us that you know, he gets the chance to work with a lot of, of top guys, top manufacturers, Alan Ferguson fans in, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he gets to be at the cutting edge, pardon the pun there, of, yeah. of what's going on. Do you have a similar experience? Yeah, there? yeah, we have, we have the same thing. So if we see something new on the market, we, we go and get it. I mean, we run 12 SGL lighting rigs, uh, and on Twitter, on social media, one of the guys found that uh, down at Millennium Stadium, they saw a tent on the pitch. What is this tent? So we uh, we pursued that. We found out it was Seagrow. We then worked with Steve, all of us, as a collaborative of four ground staff, put his information in, got it back, got the rigs to where they are now. So whatever you see, if it can buy you, if it can buy you a day, you take that day when you're on such short turn time, turnaround times. And are you working with? people like the STRI in terms of making sure you've got the right mixes and cultivars? No, no, we uh, we do a zone mix, right. so we uh, we don't have no we don't have no outside help anymore. Uh, so we do, a, we do a zone grass seed mix. Uh, I did a mix with Rigby Taylor uh, on, on fertilizers, the Active 8 range. That's, right. uh, that was my brain All right, that okay. uh, came up with that idea because I just got sick of going on with four different things and I just said, listen, I, I want something on one prill. Can you make it happen? And, and luckily I live in, live in this building and yeah. they made that happen. Wouldn't have happened at Barnsley? No. Okay. Um, in terms of the grass seed that you're using and the mixes you're using, you say you've got your own mix. Yep. Are you working with one supplier or a number of suppliers? No, we have two suppliers. Uh, Rigby Taylors, we buy three cultivars from them and we also buy a cultivar from Johnson's. And then we get it in and we mix it ourselves. So do you trial that anywhere or do you...? 
Well, what we did, we uh, we took this, we actually took this touchline out on the south side because that's the worst part of the stadium, the shadiest part, the coldest part. Right. So what we did, we got all the grass seeds from all the all the suppliers, put it in, and whichever performed the strongest, we took them cultivars and, and made us own okay. own range up. And how long a process was from, you know, starting that trial to, to getting to the end? Uh, we did it over eight months. Okay. So, so quite oh yeah, yeah. Short. So so we did it through the summer, through the winter. Who, who, who came out the best. So when we were speaking to Neil Stubbley at Wimbledon, Jemima um, discovered that actually they're working on things four years in advance. Yeah. Their seeds are coming through. So eight months is quite a, a quick turnaround. So we, we do such fast turnaround times with the seed and stuff because when it comes in from NFL into Capital One, obviously we have paint issues, so we, we do a full renovation process now. So we, we needed to know which was the fastest established in the cold weather. So we had several trials running across that eight months plus what we got in the ground. So it's just, it's, it's, everything's about speed. So it's all about speed. There's no difference in the kind of quality of the turf you're trying to produce compared to Wimbledon? That's got no No, 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 no difference. It's, 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 we need speed, whereas Neil's got more time than us. Sure. So we, I mean, you're talking, we've got 20 days in the, to, 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 to produce a, an excellent surface for, sure. for two matches. In terms of the manpower and the number of people that you have working here, how many people do you have year round under your remit and how does that change as you have different events coming on full-time there's four of us so every every day there's four there's four guys in the building looking after the pitch on an event day we have a pool of 24 guys and they come from golf courses local schools other football clubs uh, and we can we, we pull a number of them in so if, we, if we've got a big turnaround like like coming up we'll probably have 20 guys on from Saturday in, into Sunday and, and stay behind and then same again on Sunday night just because we've got no matches coming up because of the building it's got to look 100% like nobody's ever played on it so that's but typically there'll be there'll be 15 guys per game and what are you looking from those guys when when you take on the full-time members or the, <coughs> the part-time guys what, what characteristics and qualities do you need uh, for those part-time guys they've got to be in the industry or have some industry knowledge uh, representable looking chaps and and we're, we're happy to, to take young guys on. I mean, we, we took a guy on from Stephen Injury was 17. We've trained him up to how we how we want him to be, and he's, he's moving on. We've had a couple of those other guys gone to Spurs training ground. Right. Okay. So this they can use Wembley as a stepping stone. Coming Great on to have on the stuff. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you could potentially cut your teeth. Yeah. Cutting grass at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it doesn't get so, any better. So we do train them up. So post matches, vacuuming up. If, if yeah. like the turnaround times, we'll have we might have five match day staff on on Hoover's, on the John Deere's Hoovering up, and then the the four guy full time staff mowing behind, or we might stick a full time member with a Hoovering gang and have three guys and a, and a full time member. It all depends what we've got going on. Okay. But the match day staff are trained just like we are. So, in terms of the challenges that you face and the turf care industry faces at the moment, what would you say are the biggest ones out there in the industry? Weather. Right, okay. That's, that's, that's the biggest challenge, weather. Because without the weather, the grass don't grow, you're throwing water on it, and then that's another resource that's depleting, so I don't know, it's, it's, it's an album. But I'd say weather, that's, that's our biggest challenge. And have you noticed that the climate has changed and changed the way that turf's reacting over the last... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're actively growing in December nowadays. When I right. first started, grass never grew. After after November, that were it. You put your mowers away and, and that were it. But we're, we're still actively growing grass in December. It's, it's Everything's moving on. So if you remember, not this March gone, the March before, it was minus eight in this building. Yeah. And when you're trying to prep, when you've got three or four events in a month and you've got that kind of temperature, 
that's that's when you start. So what you're saying there, the seasons are kind of shifted. Yeah, a month, seasons are moving on a month. But the season for football stays the same. Stays the same. So yeah. that presents uh, probably an easier ride at the end of the year when pitches are normally getting a bit tired in, in the pre-sky days, shall yeah. we say? Before. And everything's growing again in May. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in, in the past it's, it started waking up in uh, in March. Yeah. Whereas now it ain't. It's not. It's waking up in in, in April. Okay. So then you've got to overcome that and make the grass grow artificially in March. So how are you doing that? We're, we're using SGL lights. Yeah. Uh, we, we we have Seagrow tents as well. So we we just use artificial light and make it go. With your job and your facility here, yep. your pitch, it's probably the most high profile pitch, certainly in this country, if not the world. Yep. That comes with a certain amount of pressure, I'm sure, to have it looking good, which sometimes I guess may conflict with it being the best playing surface, I don't know. Uh, how much pressure are you under personally to, to make it look fantastic for sponsors and TV audiences? Oh, every groundsman's under pressure. Just because it's Wembley Stadium doesn't mean that I'm under any more pressure than the guys in the Premier League or the Championship or, or the Football League. We all have the same pressures. Mine might be a bit more when, when we have England games or some, some high-profile events, but the one thing I can say is it might not always look pretty, but it will always play. OK, and to you, it's still that's the most important thing, is it? The playing surface? Play, a... Playability. Aesthetics, everybody wants good aesthetics, yeah. but it's all about playability. You don't want no injuries coming off that pitch. So if, if you can get away with, with, with it not looking the best but playing well, then, then I'll take that one. And if England win, nobody's going to care anyway, are they? <laughs> I can't comment on that. Well, at least you're an Englishman rather than yeah, a yeah. Scotsman, so yeah. you've probably got more. So, so I mean, yes, it's not always looking the best, but it does always play. Okay. There's a lot of your contemporaries that put quite a bit back in. Yep. Some of the, the elite and what I would call the... The, uh, the Hollywood groundsmen, the guys that got the, the high profile. Yep. Um, you play a part in that. You've obviously spoken and been part of panels at IAG conferences and such. How important do you find that as part of bringing through we know, have, the next just Wembley groundsman? I've just yeah. been discussing with Carl this morning. Carl, Carl was fortunate to go to an IOG event uh, last week. Carl's your deputy, is it? Yeah, Carl's my deputy at groundsman, right, okay. yeah. So he, uh, he, got, he got the opportunity to go to an IOG event last week and he was saying the pull of Wembley is frightening. Yeah. So what we were saying is we maybe need to look at doing something. This is a week in the life of Wembley. Okay. This is what you could strive to. Or maybe maybe some other big clubs. Go to a go to a go to a college. This is what we do at Arsenal. Top. Okay. And then they go, wow, that's something really to work to. Because you know as well as I do, kids come out of college nowadays and they want to earn hundred grand. Yeah. Just like that. And it yeah. doesn't work. You have to work your way up. I started on thirty quid a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going back to a YTS, you just do not walk out into a massive job. You've got to train and put yourself put yourself at the forefront and, and, and grow the ladder. And so all those years later, you must have at least doubled that, I would hope. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to give something back because the up-and-coming kids, they're the few. Tony, through the years, you personally and your team here at Wembley have, has won a few awards. What are the, the ones and the achievements that have made you the proudest? Uh, winning the team of the year for the IOG when uh, when the pitch had, had 235 hours of pitch use. It, uh, it was a tough season and, and pitch came through and it was a nice achievement for me at last to, to get that award. And the other one is where we've just gone now is we uh, totally renovated the pitch on the 26th of November and uh, we grew it through all, all the winter to a pro leisure five star for the Capital One game on the 1st of March. 
so that, that's a huge achievement. And also in May we, we scored top marks on the pro, pro pitch system again for cup final. We got 100 out of 100 uh, and I believe we're the only team to do that twice okay. when we did it back in 2011 for Champions League final. So have there been many teams that have got 100 out of 100 full, full stop? Or? Uh, I think we're the only team to, to do it on the pro, pro, pro pitch system. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, you get five stars but to, to, to get top marks I think there's only, there's only this building done it twice now. So you're living up to your reputation with that one, that's great. <laughs> Try. <laughs> and I think it's important they hear that as well. Yeah. That you know, there's a, a progression and a path. Yeah. But it takes a bit of work to get where you are. You've it's not just work. been lucky. You, you didn't just happen to, to know the right guy. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Because you're not going to get a job like this unless you've got a no, track I, I behind came, you, are you. I came on a six-week contract. I impressed I impress the management. They offered me a full-time job. And that's that's what it's about. Hard work. Hard work. That's, that's, that's what gets you there, places. Brilliant. Wonderful. Well, it wouldn't be a tough business to have a TV <laughs> episode unless we asked you our favourite question. At home, yep. who looks after the grass and what do they use? I, I look after the grass myself. I actually have a four-year-old son who tells me when it wants cutting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he usually is out there helping me. I've got a John Deere R32 with a rear roller on the back, so quite a nice mower. Okay. But uh, he's the boss, so every time I get in, uh, it's funny enough, I, I, I stayed at work Monday night to uh, turn the pitch around post-concert. Uh, Tuesday morning, he saw me at half past six in the morning, and he says, Dad, the grass needs cutting today, please. <laughs> so... Just can't get the stuff. No, no, so... So the sorcerer's apprentice is yeah. ready to follow in your shoes, is That's he? it. Okay. Tony, thank you very much no for your worries. time. It's been a great interview. No problem.